Love Talk Radio.
we just want to thank you. How's everybody doing this beautiful Sunday evening right here on Glorious Gospel Vibes with your host, Evangelist Global Pope? Mr. Derek Tubbs in the house with Noise. And What's Dr. Philip Duke, Sister Vanessa Tuppercorn, and everybody yeah, here. What's yeah, going on? Yeah, What's going yeah. on? Everybody! Yeah. Hey, all right. All right. All right. All right. Everybody happening, y'all. Bishop, what's the word, baby? Baby, it's all beautiful. It's all beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Beautiful, huh? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Well... We are on the air, and we are here to tell the people that God is good. What? All the time. All the time. God is good. All you know, we know that cliche. They love that cliche. They understand it because he has been good. Because why? We are living right now in this hour, in this time, in this minute, and breathing in his oxygen and letting out his carbon dioxide. So we do. We good. We good. Why don't we do this? Let go some of these cliches and learn the word. How about we do that? Okay, wait a minute. Well, that's why I throw that out there. God is good and all of you. (laughs) They say that same thing all the time. That's what I'm saying. Don't be picking at the word. Don't be picking at that. Don't be picking at that because that's a good way to start a conversation. They they be sliding down the triple pole talking about God is good. Look, that's the oh, one you get. Well, nobody up, heard that, that but you. Ain't that yeah, I've been watching. watching. I, I said, I've been what watching. I said, they've been sliding watching? down the Sliding down Where the street. Where you see that? Oh, I see it all. Where you, you don't watch me. You, you don't, you don't, baby. You know, the world take that cliche and just throw it everywhere and it gives them an excuse for their well, behavior. That's that what you trying to say. Can we have prayer? Can I get a prayer in the house? Can I get yeah, a prayer? You know what? I haven't heard Sister Peppercorn pray in a long time. Oh, don't try to pray on me. Please, I don't care. He is on earth. <laughs> <laughs> what 
God on this day. On this day. On this, he said, on this anyway, day we shall have nothing but the blood of Jesus. The blood. We plead the blood of Jesus over that whatever he's going through. The fan, the air, the heat. We need a good breeze to blow through so we can get the static off the air off the line. Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan. And I don't believe it's no, 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 because it don't sound like. Do it sound like, can you hear uh, uh, Dr. Dukes? I can hear it sound like Klingon music. I don't know. It sounds like uh, some people talking, really, in the background. No, I'm sitting right here by my lonesome. But that—that's something. That's not that's not you'll be on mute a lot. We will be on mute. That's, that's something in the waves, you know. That's something that's coming through in the waves. You might have to hang up and call back again to get rid of that. We don't need to okay, so do that. Okay, I do that. Uh, I wanted to hear a song from uh, uh, Dr. Dukes today. I really did, and it was on my mind to hear this song, and he knows okay. what song it is. Uh-oh. Dr. Dukes, y'all know what song it is, because I love this song. Put on your trust. trust. But his saying, put it, all my trust in you. He puts all his trust in the Lord. And I praise the Lord. Thank you for this song right here, Dr. Philip Dukes.
That's that one I call. That's the one I call wine and cheese. That's that's wine and cheese stuff. Wine and cheese. <laughs> I like that. Wait a minute, wine and cheese. I like that. Okay, we're going to play that wine and cheese song. But I like that. Ah, ah. Boy, he, that, that, he throw that off in there. Ah, ah. That's, that, that, that's, that's my style. You, uh, you sit down for ministry. Yeah, darling, I put all my trust in him. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, so many, choked on the air. hey I, was, I was on my way to, I was sick when I wrote that song and my heart transplanted and that song popped in my head. I said, oh, this is nice here. No, that ain't when you wrote it. You said, yeah, baby, you need a man in your life that's going to yeah, trust you. Like, hey, <laughs> hey, that's, that's the way I was thinking about, I'm going to do another version like that for the married folks. That's right, baby. You hit it right on the head. We're talking about married, talking about married folks. Today is my anniversary, anniversary, happy anniversary, anniversary, 23 years of anniversary. What? 23 years. Look, we'll just put that with that song. They said said y'all wasn't going to make it. They said you wasn't going to be here today. (laughs) Thought it wasn't going to be Oh, Paul. I should have played that first. But I'm right, King, King Paul keeping the tent up. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, Paul, I got oh, Paul. Paul. They're keeping the tent up. Yes, sir. Oh, That's a bad man. That's a bad man. That's all right. Get ready. Just get ready for Glorious Gospel Vibe news right here on Glorious Gospel Vibe. We need a news. We need some news. Our news today, I'm just going to go ahead and come on out with it. Virginia mayor basically says, hell no, I'm not resigning. Uh, after racist post regarding <laughs> Biden. Wow. Mm-hmm. The mayor of Lorraine, Virginia, after calls for him to step down for a now-deleted Facebook post that read, Joe Biden has just announced Aunt Jemima as his VP pick. The post came after by the presumptive Democratic uh, presidential nominee has said he would choose a woman to be his vice president, who's now you know, Kamala Harris. Right. Um, Barry Pressgraves, the mayor of the small page county town, had previously announced that he would not seek re-election in 2020. He said, I saw it last week and thought it was funny. The people elected me, and I have a few months to serve. Pressgraves didn't specify what inspired his post, but a satire website had posted a story with a similar headline several days earlier. He says, I thought it was humorous, and I had no idea people would react the way they did. I think people have gone overboard with this. Uh, he told hmm. Press Gray told uh, the Valley News that it's an election year. He said he deleted his Facebook post within a half hour. On the following so Monday, several 
several elected town members criticized his comments um, by saying that you know he should step down. And the, and the comment he posted was the type of humor that has not been appropriate or funny in my lifetime or yours. He said it was a mistake, and that it was he was sorry yeah, that he had right. done it. And if he had a chance yeah, to do it over, he wouldn't do it. Okay, so the first problem I have is this: he didn't pr- pronounce it right. We down here in the south don't south don't say Aunt your mama. We say Ain't your mama. That's the first. Thing. <laughs> Oh, no, that's what he learned then. Oh, Jesus. That's right. <laughs> so, so, look, he even goes on to say, I didn't even depict this as racist. I ate Aunt your Mama all my life. This was oh, about no, a no. prominent woman who made pancake what? batter, and, and the company was forced to take it off, which was wrong. This was no more racist than the names I've been called. I don't have a racist bone in my body. Oh, Press yeah, Grace has right. not responded you to WTOP's request for a comment Monday and Tuesday through email and has not answered any phone messages. He meant every word of it. He meant every look, word. First of all, you put some respect on her name. That's right. Men of us have woke up. Ain't your mama. Yeah, y'all know what that, real, what that is. But that yeah. ain't what, it, what he was saying. It, it really had, it was just, it's a name that sounds just funky for for uh, the N-word, basically. It, it no, had nothing no, to do with Angel Mama's pancakes. It, it had nothing to do with the pancakes. Or the, no, 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 no. We need to tell the truth about this stuff and not hide from it. See, niggerization is real. And it's in their heart and in their conscience. That was his opportunity to let what was really in him come out. And we need to stop. We don't need to shade it up. We don't need to clear it up. Because this is the type of thing that we have failed to address directly in our culture. And now they feel like they got a liberty to go on and divulge it. You didn't see none of this until Mr. Trump got in the White House. Now they feel like they can just throw it out there because it's in them. And I'm not angry. I'm not mad. It's in, I'm just stating the fact it's in them. Right. So if they're going to change her name, what are they going to change it to? Aunt Teresa? They're going to change that. Now we're going to change that name. <laughs> going to change it It's just wrong. Andrew, that's, that's like, just call right. what her name is. Uh, what her name is. Uh, uh. Uh, Carmelita, what her name is? Uh, Harris. Call it up. Carmelita. You could have said, "Miss." Ooh, ooh. What you know? That thing is loud. It's so loud. That was a bigoted slur. That was a bigoted slur. Ain't no if, and, but about it. Right. It was. It was. The bigoted slur. So that's what's in it. All you gotta do is ask them one question. I'll clear it up for you. Hey, bro, how you feel about a black man coming home, Wesley Snipes black, with your daughter? Mm-hmm. That'll clear everything up. Ask him that one question. Because it's bigoted. Mm-hmm. He says this was no more racist than the names he's been called. Now, let's go down the list of names oh, that he could probably be called. Billy Bob. I still I still got, you know, old black folk in my family still calling white people honkies. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> Crackers. Mm-hmm. I ain't heard that long time. <laughs> Mm, pan, uh huh. What the other one? Pale face. 
There's a lot of words. Great broad. Great broad. And you know something I, I, did, I never realized when they used to say, you know, you give somebody something and you take it back, and they always say, you are an Indian gift. Well, the Indians didn't never take nothing back. That's right, Gilbert. So why are we, hey, why are we, calling, why are we saying you're an Indian gift? Why we don't say you're a white man gift? By the way, Bishop, you're going to hell for laughing at that. <laughs> I couldn't Okay. <laughs> you went way yeah, back. Just, okay. Yeah, that's way, way, way back. Way back, way back. You better not say the H word. Uh-uh. Don't do that. Uh-uh. But see, but y'all, and, that, you know. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Master D. You're going to offend so I can mute you. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that's some big stuff, man. Well, that today concludes our news for today on Glorious Gospel Vibes. Praise God bless. Praise Thank the you. Lord. Sound like spaghetti and meat sauce. <laughs> 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 what that mean? <laughs> Scrambled eggs. Mixed up. Confused. <laughs> for some reason, I'm feeling you are so shamed today. I don't know. Did you did you go through drive-in worship or were you in church physically? I didn't go to church today because we in mm-hmm. quarantine. Didn't you know it? You in, You're not you going to destroy my evening time. I'm one. You sound so tame, so calm, so tranquil today. I mean. I can hear I'm in your voice. I'm relaxed as a relaxed snake in a barrel of, of, of Quinine, baby. Did you have your medicine today? Bishop, it's called two home or, Two or three of them. Two or three of them. That's where I was going. There it's called go. home grown. And there you go. Boom. There it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> In the Georgia place. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, Lord, so, I'm so thankful and grateful for the grace of God over my life. I tell you. Oh, Jesus, because uh, some people just, whew, don't take it now. What's going on with the broadcast? Uh-huh. Okay. I have some well, anyway. very, very inspiring black sister for y'all today, too. Don't blow your mind. Oh, I got a sermon today. I, I, if we have, we're going to hope, we hope we can go there because I got to get this sermon out today. It's um, related to a target of Satan's envy. All right. Have you that ever hit the Satan's Yeah. A target. Satan's you tell that about Bossy? Hotopo Hotopo So before oh. I get caught on that, on that, I'm going to play Sherry Jones Moffat, Grace of God, right here on Glorious Gospel Life. Oh.
Oh, bless the Lord. Yeah. Have a grace, oh God. Oh, what yeah. What do we do with our grace, baby? Mm. Absolutely. This grace that God has, this beautiful, beautiful gift that God has given to us should be efficient or sufficient enough for us. I'm telling y'all, because that great, you'll never get a gift like that again and not in this life. That that covers everything that is good. Hmm? So, whew, Lord, I just love that song. Yeah, we sell the gift. You can give the gift. So I got you. A box of grace. Use it wisely. And they'll be looking like, what you talking about? Give them a Bible. <laughs> a, box of good, a, a, a box with the Bible in it. I got you by a gift of grace. Well, well a, book, a book of grace. It's called a book of grace. Here's a book, a of, book grace. of grace. Okay. Wonderful. Just beautiful. Okay, y'all, right here. I'm, I'm, I got to bring y'all a little word. Um, Explain what I'm talking about. A little inspiration corner coming up right here, right now. Just sit back, hold your horses, and put you on mute, Minister D, for a minute. Just for a minute now. Don't don't go away now. Don't go away now. To Evangelist Good Report right here on Glorious Gospel Vibes, Inspiration Corner Time, and I got a title called A Target of Satan's Envy. Now, I know y'all want to know what am I talking about when I say a target of Satan's envy. If you are a Christian who seek God with his whole heart, you are a target. Now, I'm bringing this to y'all because this is for the believers who are experiencing a season of testing. Because we all right. right now are being tested. Amen. And I'm speaking to those who endure deep trials, tribulations. You know, we're we going to go through these things. Trials and tribulations that that we are just worn out mentally, physically, and spiritually. And we live in a time right now of great stress when trials can come upon us suddenly and leave us overwhelmed, weary, and confused. And so I thank God for every Christian who right now is enjoying a season of good times because, you know, we have a season of good times that come about, and we need to bathe in that thing like we ain't never bathed in nothing before because it's a good time in our life where it seems like everything is calm and settled. Your life isn't under great stress, and you don't have to face trying tests or deep pain. And so I'm grateful to the Lord for providing such seasons to his children. Yet we know from Scripture that storms and great trials come to all who have truly given everything to Christ. And many are afflicted. Wait wait a minute. Let me put that back. I might say this right. Psalms 34, chapter 19, verse. Many are the afflictions. 
of the righteous. That's what that says on that. Moreover, if if you hunger after the Lord, and if you're determined to seek him with your whole heart, setting your mind and your soul to obey his word, you will continually be a target of the devil's envy. Yeah. Yes, you will. You will. And now, if you don't believe me, for, for many who endure these long trial questions about abound within us and say, Lord, did I grieve you in some way? Because you want to you ask God, what, what, what did I do? I mean, what, what did I go wrong? You're trying to think of something you did or you didn't do. Is there something in, in my life, Lord, that hinders uh, you from hearing my cry? Have I been faithful? Uh, have I, haven't I been faithful to you or have uh, have I not been faithful to your word? So why this never-ending trial? Why am I going through this stuff? The Bible says you won't allow me to suffer more than I was able to bear. Why am I at this breaking point where I'm about to snap, crackle, and pop? Why? Now, I'm convinced the most trying of all spiritual battles take place in the mind of a believer. Uh, uh, it takes place in the mind. Yeah. In the mind. And many Christians endure tr- uh, tremendous and mental anguish, battles, thoughts, that are oppress, oppressive, unchristlike. They are fearful, and they can't shake depressing memories of past failures, and they end up feeling not worthy of fellowship with God's blessing. And I don't have answers for all the reasons why we as believers suffer so much, but I do know one thing is certain. Once you set your heart to seek the Lord, determined to lay hold on his promises, you become a target of Satan's envy. I know this. As soon as you want to do right, here he come with something wrong. Make it look like it's right. But you'll find out in the end. Now, there comes a time in every believer's life when he faces a choice. It's the choices that we make in our lives. We can remain lukewarm in our faith, or we can cross a line to follow Jesus with all our heart. Wherever we choose to lay hold of Christ fully, we stir up the bowels of hell. And Satan sends his demonic horde to unleash unleash hell's wrath on our lives. The devil recognizes something in every devoted Christian, something that absolutely is destructive to his kingdom. It happens when a child of God resolves to trust the Lord through everything, drawing near to him in spite of all the trials and tribulations, the pains, all the difficulties. Satan realizes such a Christian is going to win others to Jesus both by prayer and by enduring great suffering with his faith intact. And when Satan sees this kind of faith, he knows the foundations of hell are being shaken. So he commands his principalities to abandon their usual posts, you know, indifferent, cold, pleasure-loving believers. And he redirects them to seek out every fiery-hearted Christian whose actions show he's moving into a fullness of Christ. Consider, you know, when Paul, when when uh, when he, he was a, 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 a persecutor of the church, he received a revelation of Christ, and he set his heart to fast and pray. And immediately he became the prime target of Satan's envy. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. The devil wasn't uh, 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 just fearful of what Paul uh, conversion would mean to his work on earth. He was uh, uh, fiercely jealous of Paul. Because why? Because Paul had a revelation of paradise. <laughs> yes, sir. 
See, Satan, Satan can't don't know how to handle that. See, Scripture tells us that Lucifer had been cast down from heaven out of the glory of God's presence. And ever since then, the devil cannot endure the thought that anyone lesser than himself could taste anything of paradise. He is totally envious of anyone who is blessed to behold what he has lost from it for eternity. Paul wrote, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me. That's in 2 Corinthians 12, chapter 7, verse. Now, God could, could, would never unleash a demonic power. He don't, he don't work like that on any of his servants. Though Job was buffeted by Satan, the Lord put limits on the enemy. He put limits on Satan's power to afflict him. And Satan... Uh, can harass us, but he cannot destroy a single life without God's permission. And according to Paul, the hellish hound was permitted by God in his life to keep pride out of his heart. The devil assigned this messenger to afflict Paul's flesh, causing his physical and mental pain, and Satan instructed the demon to be unrelentingly in his attack, buffeted Paul repeatedly, hit him in the head day by day, what I say busts his head to the white man. Mm-hmm. But envy had blinded Satan's eyes about Paul. What the devil used to try to bring him down, a barrage of physical and mental attacks, God turned all of Paul's uh, attacks into good things. Because, see, God is a God. I'm, I'm, we, I can't even explain how God is right now. I mean, when I when I talk about him, my heart just floods because he's so awesome, and it's hard sometimes even explain how he really is. But I'm not a preacher, they say. Well, I say. But they say, especially Dr. Duke say I am, but I'm not. So, anyway, some Christians and you will. shouldn't even mention Satan's name. <laughs> that this you way will. Well, Wait, 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 wait. Some Christians say we don't, you shouldn't even talk about Satan. That this would somehow glorify him. But the Bible makes clear that if we are taught about the enemy's devices, we have no reason to fear him. Indeed, we're told that in these last days, Satan has come on the earth with great wrath. You see what we're going through. Y'all see what we're going through right now. Some people don't, they are so messed up, they're confused, they're getting evicted, they, they don't have no money coming in, they don't know what to do, and we we are being promised this and promised that, but yet it's being snatched back out of our hands. It's so much going on. And indeed, we are told in these lands that Satan has come on this earth with this wrath, so he, we had better know his strategies. Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Paul wrote that. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transferred as ministers of righteousness. Paul's warning here is crystal clear. Satan uses ungodly people as messengers of his wrath and envy. And according to the apostle, these people have infiltrated the church. Have you met such a person? Have you ever been a target of their wrath as they spoke words that cut you to the soul, your words, words you knew? We're straight from the devil's mouth. You are a target of their reports because of your faith and your zeal are a rebuke of their pleasure, love, and lifestyle. In short, their words are Satan's envy raging against you. Yet the light of the gospel exposes every work of darkness, enlightening God's people to the enemy's wiles. So I'm telling you, stay prevalent. Do not give up. 
Stay, you know, stay in your word. God's going to speak to you. Stay in your word. Do not stray from what God has promised because his promises are true. Satan fears even a small army of those who are girded up in faith for a fight. He cow, he's a coward. And because he fears you, his design is to neutralize your fight spirit. The devil does this by trying to flood your mind with defeating and distracting hellish thoughts that breed mistrust and questions about God's power. Breathe into your mind and spirit. It's no use fighting anyway. And it's not gonna work because you weak. You weak. You're never going to be an overcomer. Powers of hell are just too big to overcome. So you might as well relax and sit down and take it. You don't need to be so intense about the battle anymore, beloved. This is all a distraction that, that Satan has brought about. It's a distraction. Satan endures strategy is to, his 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 endurance is to get you to take your eyes off the victory of the cross, and he wants to turn your focus onto your weaknesses, your sins, your shortcomings. And that's why he turns up the heat of your present problems and suffering. He wants to make you believe you aren't strong enough to go on. But your strength is not the point. Jesus' strength is. In fact, we're all going to be in a fight until we die. And Jesus comes back first. Or I mean, that is if Jesus comes back first. We may be given seasons of calm, times of reprieve, but as long as we're on this earth, we are engaged in spiritual warfare, and there simply is no end to these battles. That's why Paul says Jesus has given us weapons through the pulling down of strongholds. We have been equipped with weapons that Satan cannot withstand. Prayer, fasting, we, as Christians have become so focused on their plan or trial that they become comfortable with it. Don't get comfortable in a bad place. Don't get comfortable in a bad place. Remember, God has your back. And like Abraham, my friend, chase away those vultures using God's word and faith. Likewise, Jesus resisted Satan's temptation in the wilderness, and the devil left him for a time. We can know God will do the same for us. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. If we will stand in faith, trusting in his promises. So, dear saints, when vultures come at you, bring thoughts of unworthiness and insecurity. Chase them away with the word of God. The sacrifice that the Lord has led you to make is pleasing to him, and he will honor it. He will honor me, and his promises are true. That is my message for today, and hallelujah to the word of God right here today. And I just want to Amen. say thank you, Lord, for giving me Amen. a word to give your people Amen. right here on Glorious Gospel Vibes. Preach, girl. Amen. 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 Amen.
Lord. Oh, my Lord. Oh, yeah. Woo. Dr. Duke, what we got going on? Do we have time for black history? We got like. I'm going to whet your appetite with this right here. 13. Right now. Y'all check Run this out. In Europe, the first recorded C section was between 1815 and 1821, uh, performed uh, by a British South African uh, physician. But in 1879, I remember they, they were just going through Africa finding things out. Uh, a British traveler, explorer by the name of R.W. Finklin, that's F-E-L-K-I-N, witnessed a C-section uh, performed by a Ugandan healers, doctors, okay? They called them healers, but they were doctors. They were herbal doctors. Uh, the healer used banana wine to semi-intoxicate the woman to cleanse uh, her hands and, uh, and use it also to clean her abdomen prior to the surgery. He used a midline incision and applied uh, this a minimized, um, um, well, should I say what it says is this particular paste he made from these herbs. And he performed this C-section. He, he performed this C-section. Now, this was uh, reported in 1879, but y'all got to remember, this was being doing hundreds of years in Africa. Okay, because they were way ahead of all other cultures. Black people were not superior to anybody, but we gave civilization to the world. Now, this was in Uganda. This was the first reported one in 1879 when Europeans saw it. And remember, under colonization, they destroyed a lot of information and things that were going on uh, on Africa, what we call the motherland, a C-section done by Ugandans. Now, let me set it up for you a little bit more. Under Eurocentric ideology and philosophy, they would try to say it was some wandering European that taught them these techniques. That is a lie. Mm, Remember, black people people were naturalists. We were masters on our continent Mm -hmm. of information and what God gave us, all right? They understood all these things, but when colonization came, they destroyed it. They put the people, and you hear me use this term, and you got to accept it. Don't be offended. They put the black people under niggerization, talking about they equal, dumb, and stupid. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. They put, and they, the crazy portraits and stuff they did in the 60s and 70s, like I grew up as a kid. You don't want to be called no African because you watched Tarzan, and Tarzan got lost in the jungle and was smaller than all the black people. But black, this 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 this, this <laughs> surgery was done, uh, and R, you you can Google R F, uh, Finklin F E L K I N. He witnessed this and he reported it, and they keep all this stuff out of the history books. But you can Google stuff and find out so much stuff that they're letting out now that keeps you from being in niggerization. Okay, be educated. Don't come in mm-hmm. a dumb mindset. Our culture gave civilization to the world. Our culture is not hip-hop culture, okay? That's a bunch of foolishness. These people were doing surgeries with herbs, all natural, all natural, okay? And you, and when you find these things out, and this was done in Uganda, it's reported all these things that they found out. And then also uh, throughout Rwanda and all that region, all these doctors, they call them healers, they were doctors. They knew how to operate their land. 
They knew every herb. They knew everything about what God had put in the earth for the healing of the body. Okay? So that's mm-hmm. your back history for today. I'm going to go a little bit deeper in it next time. That's amazing. Oh, that's amazing. Goodness. Oh, so you're going to cut on like that right now. I'm getting into it. Oh, because I want to hear a little bit more about the banana wine. I might need a little bit of that.